The following is a hoop ball presentation. Well, hoop ball Lakers family, the first month of the season is finally in the books. Man, that first month took forever. Your defending champion Los Angeles Lakers are tied with the best record in the league at 13 and 4 with those pesky Los Angeles Clippers. We'll take a look at the rest of the conference standings later in this episode. Not much has changed for the Lakers in the last week. They remain undefeated on the road with nine straight victories in opposing arenas. Some criticism that's been laid upon these Lakers is that the schedule has maybe been a little easy with their most difficult game being against the Clippers and that being one of their few losses, however. They did face a difficult test this week in Milwaukee, taking on Giannis, Antetokounmpo, and the Bucks after a hard loss against the Golden State Warriors, and there was a lot on the line for that game, even early in this season. There was the undefeated record on the road, uh, facing the defending MVP slash Defensive Player of the Year, Giannis Antetokounmpo. There's the desire to not lose two games in a row, which they still haven't done during Anthony Davis's tenure as a Laker. All of that going into a big matchup against the Bucks, and the Lakers absolutely smashed Milwaukee defensively. Uh, they forced Giannis into nine of Milwaukee's 14 turnovers. Uh, LeBron James led the effort with 34 points. Uh, Anthony Davis didn't have an impressive stat line to look at it. 18 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. However, although the 6 assists is actually pretty impressive, this offensive scheme, Anthony Davis has actually been getting a few more assists lately. I'll go over those numbers here in a second, but for this game, we'll continue. He had two blocks and one steal against Milwaukee, but the star... Aside from aside from LeBron's 34 points, uh, the absolute star in this game against Milwaukee was Contavious Caldwell Pope. He continues to be insanely hot from three-point land, shooting seven for ten in this game. Uh, he went for 23 points, got three rebounds, only got one block, uh, was plus eight and plus minus. But defensively, I mean, his impact was there. Playing the passing lanes, playing the running lanes, the Lakers would get steals from those nine, you know, nine of those fourteen turnovers from Giannis, and they were running the breaks. And yeah, Kentavious, seven for ten from three. When you're shooting that well, you just got to keep feeding him. And yeah, it's been absolutely great to see. Uh, Dennis Schroeder didn't have a great, great, very good game that one. Although that's not too surprising because Drew Holiday is actually a really good defensive point guard and I mean there are going to be times where Schroeder's offensive impact is isn't going to be as needed you know there I think in this one he sort of helped cancel out Drew Holiday and Drew Holiday you know he had 22 points guarding opposing point guards has kind of been a problem for this Lakers team um, but yeah Schroeder didn't have much of an impact in this game but he didn't have a negative impact either so that's good but yeah Contavious. KC3, as he's beginning to be known around the league, he's just having an insane season. So for this season, 10.7 points per game. But here are the numbers that are going to be really important for him. 55.6% uh, 
from the field from three. 54.5% from regular field goals. 92% free throw. That's right. KCP is having a 50-40-90 season. Uh, it's just insane to see. Um, doesn't really, I don't think, make him eligible for most improved player or anything like that. That tends to go to players who are less seasoned in the league. But for KCP on his contract to be turning in a 50-40-90, uh, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. An effective field goal percentage of 71%. For those that don't know, an effective field goal percent uh, adjusts for the fact that the three-point goal is worth one more point than a two-point field goal. Uh, it's sort of a new, newer statistic. It's one of those... Uh, it basically kind of balances out where all of your shots are coming from, but because he's shooting so well from three-point shots, his effective field goal percentage is damn near 72%. Anytime KCP shoots, it's at the point now where you expect any shot that he shoots to go in, and that used to not be the case, especially early in the season. There have been, there have been times where he was kind of streaky, but he's just playing absolutely out of his mind this season. Um... Improved shooting is actually an improved uh, or a continued trend with another Los Angeles Laker who's got an, an absurdly high effective field goal percentage as well. Also shooting around 56, 56% from three and at it, almost 18 minutes a game. And it is our guy, Alex Caruso. Um, to look at his stat line again, it's sort of the thing about his whole career. Five and a half points, nothing to really sneeze at there. 1.1 steals, although in 17 minutes it's pretty good. Uh, his per 36 numbers, uh, 11 points per game. Two steals, 4.6 assists, five rebounds. Caruso is getting it done on the on the defensive end as well as on the offensive end this year, and that's been great to see. His plus-minus numbers with LeBron continue to be among the very best in the league. That pairing... Is not a fluke. LeBron and Caruso play really well together. Really well. Um, you would definitely be in a position of where had the Lakers not shine, signed Dennis Schroeder, Caruso could be in the starting lineup. And if you get a starting lineup of Alex Caruso, KCP, paired with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and yeah, let's say we, we let's say we kept the Marcus Sewell signing. Marcus Sewell offensively has actually been. A shining light again, despite his unimpressive stat line. Uh, anytime he gets the ball up at the high post, someone's going to make a back cut and he's going to find him for an easy layup. That's just been happening two, three, four, five times a game. Uh, but yeah, Alex Caruso and Contavious Caldwell Pope are the anchors of this team defensively, despite the fact that both LeBron and AD could both be vying for defensive player of the year. Um, talked a little bit last time about how stats LLC pointed out that LeBron is having an absolutely stellar defensive year and ever since that game has come ever since that tweet has come out I've been paying a little bit more attention to LeBron defensively and yeah people just don't score on him I don't know what it is I don't know why he's exerting the kind of effort he is I don't know if the is left less minutes allow him to to play that kind of defense, but yeah, I mean, I really do hope that LeBron starts to garner some defensive player of the year 
votes because although he's not getting a lot of blocks, he's not getting a lot of steals, he's doing the, you know, the uh, analytical things that defensive players do, the things that Draymond Green does that have gotten him Defensive Player of the Year awards. Man, I feel like I've gotten on a whole bunch of different tangents with this Milwaukee Bucks game because this Milwaukee Bucks game was actually just a really great game to watch. It was a really complete effort start to finish for the Lakers. They got out to a lead at half. Let the lead slip in the first quarter a little bit, but man, just overall, Milwaukee had nothing for this team. They had nothing for KCP. I don't know how you I don't know how you scout against KCP. Because he's not the focal point of the offense. If you want to stop the focal point of the offense, you stop LeBron or you stop AD, but all they're going to do is look for open shooters. And the Lakers this season are making tons of threes. So I really don't see how you would scout against you know anyone on this team. So this Milwaukee Bucks team, yeah, this, this game was an absolutely great game. <clears throat> um, holding... Giannis to just 25 points, a dozen rebounds, all that stuff. That looks impressive. Uh, but to really watch the game is how you know how suffocated he was. The nine turnovers were huge. He just wasn't very effective. He was m- minus six in that game, despite the fact that it was only a seven-point victory. Yeah, the none of the starters from Milwaukee had a positive plus-minus except for Dante DiVincenzo. You factor in that Giannis played 35 minutes of that game. Yeah, it it was a complete dismantling of that Milwaukee Bucks team. They're a little bit on the, def- the disappointing end of the spectrum this season in the East. I think they're still going to come out and do very well, but the East is definitely much tougher. And, uh, you know, I don't see an MVP run in Giannis this season. Just saying. Uh, the Lakers continued the East Coast road trip with an easy victory over the Chicago Bulls. Uh, they beat the Bulls by two last time they played in the Staples Center, but this time KCP and Alex Caruso were back in the lineup, and that defensive improvement was daunting. They cruised to a 30-point lead at halftime. They let it slip a little bit before the second unit took over in the fourth quarter, allowing LeBron and Aggie to only play 28 minutes apiece for some in-game Load management, you absolutely love to see that. And, yeah, the rest of that box score, I mean, it's hard to really kind of, you know, they ended up winning by 11. So, yeah, they definitely let it, let that lead slip. Huge game for Anthony Davis in only 28 minutes. Uh, he went back home to Chicago where he's from, where some people thought he might have, if he was going to leave the Lakers, was going to go to Chicago. Um I bet the people in Chicago weren't too happy to see that he scored 37 points in 28 minutes. Two for three from three, shot nine free throws. Uh, Got a block, got a couple steals. Just a really great game for Anthony Davis. Uh, LeBron in his limited minutes at 28, 17 points, 11 rebounds, six assists. So he had a really great game. Uh, Pretty balanced effort from the rest of the team. Uh, Ten points from Montrez, ten points from Taylin. KCP kind of came down to earth a little bit, shooting one for three from three. Yeah, but this game was actually more of a inside dominant game. They only made four. They shot four for nineteen from three. 
the fact that they shot that poorly, but led by 30 at one point, pretty amazing. Um, yeah, that's kind of your typical Saturday night blowout game. Nobody had a really outstanding performance other than Anthony Davis with his 37. Um, you know, Chicago did kind of expose one of the weak points of the Lakers' defense, Zach Levine, you know, opposing shooting guards and point guards and scoring point guards against this Los Angeles Lakers team. They're going to score. Uh, Zach Levine led the Bulls with 21, got 10 rebounds. So, yeah, that does make you think that Brooklyn could potentially be a problem down the road. The fact that guards score so easily on this Lakers team, but in the end, it comes down to four out of seven. And the way the Lakers are playing now, it's going to be really hard to beat this team four out of seven times. And that's just going to kind of keep continuing to be the theme of this season and kind of how we feel about the Lakers championship chances. Four out of seven is going to be really hard to do against this Los Angeles Lakers, Lakers team, especially when they can turn it on defensively seemingly at any moment. And any moment, you never know when, KC, when KCP is going to decide to go seven for ten for three. How do you stop that? You just can't. All right, so we'll just go ahead and make this a regular segment of the podcast. <laughs> Every episode, it kind of seems to come up, and I think the fact that it that there's a need for it to come up every episode is probably not a great sign. I think I've alluded to that before, but yeah, let's go over Kyle Kuzma and see how, how he's done <laughs> this past week. And yeah, I would say he hasn't had the greatest last couple of games, despite how great overall that Milwaukee game was. Uh, he only had five points and five rebounds in it. Uh, same for the Chicago Bulls, that dismantling. He played uh, roughly the same minutes, played 22 minutes in both games. Had four points against the Bulls, also five rebounds. He's been rebounding at a really impressive clip when he gets the minutes. And, and yeah, the effort for rebounding is definitely there. And so he's having a positive impact defensively. That can't be understated. That's going to be the more important part of his role for this team uh, is to have a positive impact defensively, and he has been. And so in that sense... He's had a pretty good week, but if you're going to be one of those people that kind of looks at stat lines and wants him to, to impress that way, I just don't think you're going to see it from Kyle Kuzma. I don't think you're ever going to see it. Um, whether or not that satisfies you as a fan, you kind of have to take that up with yourself. Um, I think he's been playing pretty well. I like the impact he's been having. Um, I'm happy to see what he's been doing uh, for the Lakers team this season. So as for the rest of the upcoming road trip, uh, the Lakers do have three more, sorry, five more road games. Uh, they don't play in back in Los Angeles until February 4th, uh, but we will recap the next couple of games, uh, or I'll update the, or I'll preview the next couple of games, excuse me. Um, so tonight, as of this posting, uh, the Lakers do play the Cleveland Cavaliers in Cleveland, Always an interesting game to watch when LeBron goes back to Cleveland to see how, well, there's no fans, uh, but to see, you know, how he is received in Cleveland. Uh, I think it's been a little bit more positive since the 2016 championship. Uh, he tends to play pretty well in Cleveland. Uh, but some things to look for in this game. 
We've already talked about how opposing backcourts tend to score pretty easily on this Los Angeles Lakers team, and the Cleveland Cavaliers have a point guard, a sophomore point guard, in Colin Sexton, who is having an absolutely fantastic week. Uh, Cleveland is fresh off of two back-to-back victories against the Brooklyn Nets since they've gotten James Harden. Colin Sexton, uh, and he's in his third year. Excuse me, I thought he was in his second year. Uh, Colin Sexton, uh, he dropped 42 on the Brooklyn Nets on January 20th, and then 25 two days later against the Brooklyn Nets to beat them in both games. He's been on an absolute tear this season. There actually hasn't been a game up until Cleveland lost to Boston last night. With the exception of that one game, Colin Sexton, every game that he's played in this season has been a 20-point scorer. Although he had you know, the 42 against Brooklyn, he's got 32 against Detroit. But Colin Sexton is averaging 25.5 points per game this season. He is absolutely on fire. Uh, and he is a force to be reckoned with. He's His nickname is Young Bull, and I definitely under, understand it after seeing him these last couple of games. Uh... He doesn't just score. He gets assists. He gets rebounds. He kind of does it all. Um, shoots a decent clip from three. Shoots uh, about 45%, so more than more than decent. Uh, I would expect Colin Sexton to have a pretty good game. Uh, but beyond that, uh, I don't think it should be a difficult game for the Los Angeles Lakers. For the front court is manageable, despite the fact that Andre Drummond is as great as he is. Uh, I think he's sort of on the outs with Cleveland since they've traded for Jared Allen. I think either him or JaVale is going to be on the outs. And, you know, if the Cleveland waves JaVale, you definitely have to look for him to come back to the Lakers in some form. That'll be great to see. Uh, then they have another big game against a Eastern Conference playoff favorite, uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, that one shouldn't be as much of a problem. Ben Simmons isn't scoring very much this season, uh, but Philadelphia is playing pretty well overall. Joel Embiid is playing uh, great this season. He's uh, he's averaging 27.7 points per game, grabbing almost 12 rebounds. He's been playing really well, shooting 40% from three this season. Uh, Joel Embiid is having an absolutely great year, an MVP-type season. Um, you know, if Philadelphia were to end up on top of the conference, where they currently sit is on top of the conference. They're uh, at 12-5. and five. They're the best team in the East, two games above Milwaukee. And so, yeah, Philadelphia is definitely a team to be reckoned with, and that is going to be another important game to look for. Um, the road trip will continue after that with, Road games in Boston, Detroit, and Atlanta. Uh, sorry, Detroit, Boston, and Atlanta. I messed up the order there. Uh, before the Lakers do come back on February 4th against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, so they'll be on the road for a little while longer. We'll probably post a couple of more episodes in between that time. So we'll we'll update and preview games before they happen. So before when the next episode does air... I think Ethan might record another solo episode. Yeah, uh, look look forward to the Lakers playing the Cavaliers and the 76ers 
Cavaliers should be an easy win. 76ers should be a a tougher matchup. I'd imagine that one is going to be, uh, if it's on Wednesday, it's, it might be an ESPN game. And so national, national TV implications. Look forward to that. Um, but yeah, let's we've talked a little bit about it. Let's take a look at the rest of the standings. So Philadelphia is on top of the East, and Milwaukee is number two. And so if the Lakers can come out of this road, road trip having beaten, and Boston is number three. So you know, despite what happens to the despite what happens to Cleveland against Cleveland, despite what happens against Detroit or Atlanta, if the Lakers can come out of this road trip having beaten the Bucks, the Sixers, and the Celtics. They'll have beaten the top three teams in the East on the road. And that'll definitely make them a force to be reckoned with throughout the rest of the league. They already are tied with the best record. But the Clippers are coming for them. The Jazz are coming for them. They're right on right on the Lakers' heels. And then, of course, on the East, we've talked about Milwaukee and Philadelphia already. Uh, in that fourth seed, you've got the Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers, I think, are going to have a rough time the rest of the season unfortunately they traded away Victor Oladipo for Karis Levert and Karis Levert uh, in his physical in his trade they discovered a mass in his kidney and hopefully he recovers and it's not anything too dangerous to worry about but he is out indefinitely and probably won't be back this season Brooklyn is sitting on that fifth seed and you don't know where Brooklyn is really going to end up they improved offensively a ton with the addition of James Harden but the two the first two games against Cleveland have shown that defensively this Brooklyn team lacks a lot <laughs> they're going to score a lot of points they're going to give up even more points and so i really don't think Brooklyn's going to end up being anything to worry about in my opinion but other people seem to think that the James Harden trade sort of vaulted them to the top of the east and I don't see it. Uh, Cleveland. Uh, I've actually talked uh, last episode about how Cleveland is a surprisingly good defensive team. They're a really fun team to watch. They're young. They play with a lot of effort. They're sitting on that six seed right now tied at eight and eight. I think a lot of people are happy to see that. I'm really happy to see Cleveland uh, succeed. I you know, liked everything I saw from that organization post you know, when LeBron came back. I like how they've drafted since LeBron has left. Uh, Atlanta at 8-8. Eight and eight. They're starting to improve a little bit. They uh, were a little bit on a downturn. And, yeah, they're good to see the Knicks, 8-10. and 10, Currently holding on to that 8 seed. Kind of surprising to see the Knicks in there. Um, but it's only really surprising when you factor in that even further down this list, after the Knicks, you've got Chicago at seven and nine, Charlotte seven and nine. Here's where it gets surprising: Toronto seven and nine, holding on to that ninth seed, out on the outside looking in. Toronto obviously lost a lot defensively when they lost Marcus and Serge Ibaka. Didn't appear that they would lose that much, but it. I guess those players were more impactful than people suspected. Orlando at seven and ten seems about right. Miami at six and nine, and so a lot of people think because of the bubble, because of the you know COVID and all the situations, Miami was a little bit of a fluke last season. I think this year they're just contending with a lot of injuries. A lot of players are sitting out. 
players uh, have been out due to contact tracing, things like that. I mean, it's tough to see Miami struggle, especially coming off of uh, winning the Eastern Conference last season. At this point, I think there's going to be too much ground to try to make up uh, in the way they've been playing. I don't see how they can make that ground up, but, I mean, they definitely should be a playoff team. Uh, Washington, Detroit. Yeah, that's about where they're, where they're going to be. <laughs> Washington, Detroit, Sacramento are going to be your worst teams in the league. Uh, but yeah, over to the West. Uh, Lakers Clippers atop, like I said, 13-4. and four. Utah nipping at our heels at 12-4. and four. Portland with that number four seed. Portland is one of the few Laker losses at 9-6. and six. Denver at 9-7 and seven with that five seed. Memphis starting to come up with that. Uh, with John Morant back from injury at 7-6 and six with that 6 seed. Phoenix holding on to the bottom of the playoffs, kind of like we thought they would at 8-7. and seven. Devin Booker not having a great season. Ethan talked a little bit about that, but Phoenix overall is. DeAndre Ayton's playing a little bit inconsistently lately. Uh, the Spurs in the playoff mix. Kind of surprising, although not really that surprising when you think about how great of a coach Greg Popovich is. Spurs at nine and eight, Golden State Warriors at eight and eight. They're starting to improve overall. Draymond is definitely helping out their defense, although without Klay Thompson, I just don't see it. Dallas is uh, disappointing a little bit at eight and eight, but Kristaps is back, and so maybe you'll start to see that improve. Houston, Houston made a good move in getting Victor Oladipo. But I think at this point, there's too much ground to make up, and I don't see them finishing out in the playoffs. They have the same record as OKC at 6-9. and nine. Sacramento at 6-10 and 10 is not the worst team in the West right now, but they are the absolute worst team in the league, trust me. <laughs> They're terrible defensively. They're one of the historically worst defensive teams in the history of the league. The only reason why they have a slightly better record than New Orleans and Minnesota is because they have a really good offense, and De'Aaron Fox is playing amazing this season. Uh, yeah, rounding out the bottom of the West, we've got New Orleans <clears throat> at 5-10 and 10 and Minnesota at 4-11. and 11. I don't know what to say about New Orleans. I don't know why they're this disappointing. I didn't think they'd make the playoffs. I didn't think they would be one of the worst teams in the league, but they are. I I like Stan Van Gundy. I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's a good fit for this team. But, yeah, that is going to about do it for the entire league playoff standings. So, yeah, uh, to recap, look forward to the Lakers playing the Cavaliers and the Sixers this week. Should be a one-and-one one week. You know, that Sixers game could go south. As great as it would be to see them beat the Bucks, the Sixers, and the Celtics in this road trip, to go that 3-0, probably a lot to ask for this Lakers team. Um, they should easily beat the Cavaliers. I can't say they would easily beat the 76ers, despite the fact that they have the advantage of a low-scoring backcourt. Um, yeah. But until then, uh, follow me on Twitter at jcdillion1. You can follow Ethan on Twitter at Ethan underscore Noroff. Follow the show at Hoopball Lakers. And until then, we're out.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.